everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 94th episode of the podcast, airing June 18th, 2020. Now, I'm pleased to bring to you my interview with Australian professional astrologer Cassandra Tyndall, who will join me in a discussion on Cancer Eclipse Season 2020, where Cassandra and I discuss this year's dynamic Cancer season and what that may mean for us on a personal and global level. We cover both the solar and lunar eclipse and the plethora of transits in between, including a second new moon in Cancer. What? Noting that this is going to be, uh, you know, it's bound to be an eventful period of cardinal activity. And as two Cancers ourselves, we share our own insights into living the sign while providing words of advice at the end to make the most out of this year's crab walk. Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is to come on over to Patreon and sign up for my weekly Patreon-exclusive astrology forecast, or audiocast, which includes a seven-day detailed uh, astrology, uh, you know, write-up, basically, where I'm telling you what's going on in the stars, plus tarot polls and our Animal Ambassador of the Week. I also have a segment at the end of the show called Ask Mel, where I either answer patron questions or I riff on my own thoughts. Or uh, in the case of this week, I have journal questions for the solar eclipse in Cancer. Uh, And so if you want to check that out, new episodes launch weekly at Sunday at midnight Pacific time. Um, And it starts for as little as $5 per month to access the weekly forecast. And also get early guest interviews because these broadcasts come out to Patreon users uh, before they reach the public. So if you want to check that out, you can come on over to patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Now, you can also show appreciation by making a one-time donation over at Mel's Tip Jar on the front page of my energeticprinciples.com website, or by booking a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done directly through my site. So, all right, everyone who is ready to hear about Cancer Eclipse season, ooh, Lord, now let's meet our guest. All right, I am so happy to welcome back this week's special guest. We have Cassandra Tyndall with us. Thank you for joining me, Cassandra. Thanks so much, Mel. It's good to be back. I, I think, how many times have we talked on the podcast before? Yeah. Four, four I was, times? I think this is... A, at least four. I feel like. I, I don't think it's five. I think it's four. Well, we were remarking because we are we are brave cancers um, recording this as Mercury is about to station <laughs> in cancer. Uh, and we seem <laughs> to always come together when Mercury is stationing or we're going to talk about Mercury stationing. Doesn't that seem yeah, to be the case? I, that seems to be our theme, the Mercury retrograde vibe and particularly uh, the last two times being in cancer. And then the last time we got to do it in person at your house, which was great. That's right. I yeah. forgot about that. I... About this time last year, give yeah. or take. Yeah. Oh yes. That was, yes. Cause she came to give a lecture for the San Diego Astrological Society. And wow, that I totally forgot about that, but that was a great lecture and we had a great time. Um, and it's always fun 20... to record in person. 
2020 will do that to you. <laughs> I know what you did last year. <laughs> right. It's like, what, what was my previous life about? I'm not sure because yeah. everything has changed. <laughs> so much. Um, but before we get started here, for those who have not heard from Cassandra before, uh, will you give us a little background? Tell us what you do, all that kind of stuff. Um, well, yeah, I do astrology <laughs> and, uh, as you can probably tell by my, uh, accent, I do it from Australia and, um, I get the, the privilege of coming to the U S, um, all, uh, all things being equal. So I've been, you know, the last couple of years and I'm speaking at conferences and giving lectures and things. And so, yeah, I work uh, full time doing astrology and have done now for about the last 14 years. So um yeah just the the regular things you know writing uh teaching and uh, of course uh, consultations uh it's a big part of what I do and um yeah when I'm not um astrologizing I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I have a son and so he's a cancer too so he's got a birthday coming up and he'll be coming up for six now and so yeah and then powerlifting that's, that's sort of my life I'm very <laughs> That's it. That's all I do. <laughs> and, and she power lifts. Oh, just I for love fun. It. Mm. Just for, <laughs> to Metallica. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> most, of the time, most of the time. Oh, and there's one other thing you do. You, you also podcast. Uh, oh, I do. Yep. I podcast with uh, uh, Kelly Surtees and Alicia Youssef. So we've been doing that together now for, wow, like, how long has it been over 18 months or so now? So we have a, uh, we've known the three of us have been friends since our, you know, baby astrologer days in Sydney. Um, so we've been friends since like the very early two thousands. And, um, so we got together, uh, when Jupiter was going into Sagittarius and it was like, yeah, let's do a podcast. (laughs) So we do that. Uh, well, it was weekly and now we do fortnightly shows and that, podcast is called the water trio so that's available like on youtube and all your different podcasting apps so yeah we sort of uh we have a great time doing that and um you know just sharing astrology and sort of keeping it uh you know fast and light you know but still uh lots of good uh insights and and juice to share with everybody and some of the feedback we get on the podcast is that it's like kind of being in the conversation like the silent friend eavesdropping on friends talking about astrology and um and I think just because we've been close friends for such a long period of time that really kind of comes through in the podcast and we're called the water trio because we literally are we all have very uh tightly trined suns in the water signs and uh on the cancerian leg of the trio so yeah we ha- so we truly are the water trio so very tightly conjoined but we're yeah. all progressed into fire now so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes and you ladies are a blast you can always tell when people you know when people are friends and they're having fun with each other and just the the laughs and the conversation and the ease of you know connection that, that can happen yeah. there. Yeah, water, water yeah. signs love to connect, you know, on their, yeah. <laughs> especially about intuitive matters such as astrology. So 
definitely check those ladies out. Um, but speaking of cancer, you know, that's why uh, I invited Cassandra to come join us for this cancer eclipse season 2020 episode, um, because who better that, to talk about cancer season than two cancers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we're like the cancer duo. <laughs> we're, the, we're the cancer duo, at least today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and there's so much that we are going to talk about. Um, uh, there's just so much going on. Um, there is, yeah. There is, there is. So I guess we should just get in there uh, and kind of yep. go through a chronological, uh, somewhat chronological listing with some whatever comes to mind uh, in in the meantime. But we know it all kicks off with the ingress of uh, Cancer season with the sun there, uh, and of course what is known as the solstice, uh, which we share different solstices. I have the summer, and Sandra has the winter over there uh, down exactly. under. Mm-hmm, uh-huh. I do. And that uh, kicks off June 20th. So actually right before this episode is going to come out, we have the solstice and the cancer ingress. And then immediately, immediately a solar eclipse at zero degrees cancer. So it's kind of a, a, a bang to cancer season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, 100%. There's just this, like the whole cancer vibe in the season to me, it just really speaks of, you know, shadows and light where, you know, planets are kind of vying, you know, coming out of the shadows, vying for the light and etc. You know, think about the solstice, particularly from the Northern Hemisphere perspective. And, you know, even here in the Southern Hemisphere, we still uh, conceptualize the symbolism as Northern. Um, you know, we call it the winter solstice, but, you know, it's still we take the symbolism. And if you think about what's happening from an observational perspective in the, you know, the Northern Hemisphere is that the sun is reaching its highest point, you know, its glory, all its warmth and radiance and, you know, that peak solar period. And, you know, traditionally the solstice was a seasonal celebration where you celebrated the bounty of summer, you know, all the fruits and family celebrations and, you know, uh, just that kind of ripening and that the, the bounty, you know, and getting together with your people and, and, and that type of thing. And so when the sun is at that highest point, then the moon goes up, no, you don't. I'm going to cover you. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it's kind of almost like a the anti solstice in a way. Um, so the anti solstice. De- I love that. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know I think it you know the solstice is always a turning point, but this year I think it's like that turning point on steroids. Like it's totally. Um, yeah, a solstice and a total solar eclipse. Like it's 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 like dramatic is not enough. I don't think to really uh, yeah. describe it. I feel like we don't even know how to describe it until we live it to some extent because it, all the signs are there. You know, it is that because the the solstice points are the most extreme pivot or shift that we yeah. have. You know, the. Uh, 
the equinoxes have a little bit more equilibrium to them, you know, just based mm. on the, the sun's position there and, you know, the, the balancing of day and night. But these, these are extremes. And then here we add the other extreme of having a solar eclipse and a total one at that. And I think, I mean, I kind of see it right away just being here, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if you see this where you are, but uh, everybody's starting to come out again uh, from, you know, COVID-19 land. I'm seeing a lot of people out, uh, more and more people are out on the street. You know, we're feeling more of the summer heat, uh, even the mask order. You know, most people, I, I see so many people, I don't know many people have masks on, but a lot don't, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that sun is radiating and high in the sky. Um, and, you know, people want to bask in the summer glory. They don't want to be covered up. I feel like the, the mask itself, you know, and I'm not, I'm definitely saying wear your mask, but I feel like the mask itself is almost like the eclipse. It's like, why are you eclipsing my sun from getting on my face? You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's sort of, I think from a, you know, psychological standpoint, we don't really think like respiratory colds or flu in summertime. It's, it's, you know, typically more of a winter thing, but yeah, people are definitely starting, you know, here as well. Um, I mean, particularly in the part of Australia where I am, you know, we've just had, we, we've pretty much come unscathed from COVID and, um, I think in the, the state that I'm in, which is Queensland, I think we've had maybe six or seven people pass from that. So comparative to yeah. some other statistics in the world, it's, you know, they're talking of second waves. I'm like, I don't even know if we had a first the one. First wave. <laughs> um, yeah, I think maybe the total, I don't even think we hit a hundred people, you know, that, um, that succumbed to the illness. So, you know, it's still a hundred too many, but you know, comparatively in the world. Um, but, you know, and I think I can count on the number of, you know, on one hand, the number of people I've actually seen in my travels wearing a mask because, mm. you know, I guess it's sort of, you know, typical of Australia. Our distance often gives us um, whether it's rose-coloured glasses, you know, the whole Neptune vibe or what, but we do seem to just have enough of ocean between us sometimes to uh cushion the impact of certain things and so yeah you know with that you know cancer period you know there is that you know I want to be with my people I want to you know we were separated from you know being able to visit family and visit friends and you know or you know if someone passed away you're not even being able to attend a funeral you know so we had some pretty harsh things and so now it's like cancer season damn it I want to see my people (laughs) yeah especially with Venus still you know uh, kicking it in Gemini uh, still retrograde from you know she's not quite direct yet she's almost there she's getting there Um, Mm. but during the eclipse you know she in the start of cancer season she's still she's still she's slowing down. She's beginning to slow down there. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that is that this door is opening. This solstice door is opening and people want to be out. They want to be connected again. They want to, uh, be able to, you know, follow their heart and be with the people that, that they love and just be connected. And, um, 
and we don't know how that will have consequences in the long run, you know, because I even hear they're, they're already saying that, you know, the numbers are going up again. And like, even like you said, like, we don't think that it's, it does, just doesn't feel like a, a sickness season when the sun is just radiating and, you know, you're feeling the warmth on your skin. Like that's, that's not, mm. you know, illness vibe. Um, but we don't know what this looks like, so we'll just have to see. But for right now, it seems like this is kind of the door opening and people are ready to get on with it, basically. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a really stark, um, a stark start <laughs> to yeah. the second half of this year, you know, and it's like, it's a you know this massive massive turning point you know uh the solstice zero cancer and a total solar eclipse at zero cancer and it's like i think collectively we're all kind of ready to turn a corner like we've halfway through 2020 and we're like are we there yet kind of thing and you know at the same time as the the solstice and the eclipse occurring you know venus hits that five degree station, the state, which is the degree she stations on. And so she sits there for a good week, you know? So it's kind of like Venus is not moving, you know, she's, um, you know, visible. Um, and, you know, so when a planet comes out of that, you know, whether they're stationing retrograde or stationing direct, you know, it can really kind of, um, you know, if we think about, you know, whether they do or they don't, you know, from a physiological standpoint, but, you know, Venus at that five degree Gemini, that part of the Zodiac, which she's been before, she's staying there. She's got something to tell us in Gemini, right? Oh, so yeah. at that five degree point, you know, like she's literally not moving and then the sun is getting blocked. And I think there's a lot of symbolism there where maybe there is this Cancerian desire to find our clans again or our sense of belonging. Um, but I think there's a subtlety there with Venus stationing direct and remaining at that degree for a period of time. It's like there's something there that we don't, you know, like, you know, when we talk about, you know, listening, you have two ears but one mouth, you know, mm -hmm. and Gemini there, it's like there's something we've got to listen to or where it, whether it's those feelings within or, you know, really um, feeling that data, you know, rather than beliefs or opinions, you know, there's a lot, there's so many things there, but you know, this week, Mel, it's, it's, I think, you know, in terms of surviving the energy, it, there's a sense of stillness is going to be yeah. very important. Um, you know, an eclipse literally blocks light and, um, you know, which is, and blocking light when the sun is in its highest place it gets, you know? Like yeah. That's, yeah. Like Where it's the actually is, hard to block the light, you would think. Yeah. You know, when something is exactly, when the sun is in its highest and brightest and it gets blocked by the moon, which it rules cancer. So it yeah. really does kind of come back to this idea of instinct and intuition and feeling your way through rather than kind of like, you know, as an example, uh, you know, governments saying, Hey, you know, shops can open or cafes can have dine-in or, or whatever the thing is. And so there's like a green light, but cosmically and intuitively that may be like, Oh, but is, 
should I just do that because I'm told I can, you know, as an example kind of thing. So yeah, I'm, I think a lot of astrologers, you know, when we looked at 2020 and it's like, Oh, that solstice eclipse, like that's kind of huge. Um, you know, fortunately I think, you know, we don't, we barely get a shadow of it here in Australia. Um, and it doesn't touch the U S from a, um, you know, a visibility. Exactly. Not like that, uh, 2017 one. So, you know, I think probably hotspots to, to kind of keep in mind is that sort of central Africa, Mm -hmm. then parts of the Arabian peninsula. And then you're getting into that North India, Mm -hmm. Pakistan, there's Taiwan, Hong Kong and Guam, I think. So, you know, that sort of Asian Pacific area is, you know, definitely connected to Australia. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're going to be, yeah, I think maybe even Korea is on the eclipse map. But, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I know, I know China is back on there too with the path. And oh. I just saw, I just saw an article today where Beijing is back on, on a lockdown because they're having... Uh, some some new cases arrive uh, that was on Vice News oh, today. Okay, so yeah. So you know, and, and and this is interesting within all this, at least especially in the the eclipse path and the places that you mentioned, and why there might be some you know things that rear back up there, and especially in relation to what you're saying about stillness um, and kind of like the stop in this moment in time that it might feel kind of surreal to a lot of us um, because there is that, I love that listening quality, like you're saying, because that's, you know, Venus is at her stationary degree. She's getting ready to station. Neptune is going to station a couple days after, mm. you know, and we're talking about the disease, yeah. right? And, you know, Neptune's definitely connected to, uh, to disease there, or at least, you know, kind of that underlying the things you can't see. The, you exactly. Know, the things food. you can't see. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think the station of Neptune is definitely going to kind of reverberate the whole Venus retrograde experience yeah. because there was such an intimate relationship between Venus and Neptune. Um, there's almost this feeling like, yeah, get out amongst the people, but be careful. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, you know, and, and you can't see this, this illness, you know, and there, there's just so much we don't know about it. And I think that's just so indicative of the way the astrology of this period has played out. It's, um, you know, so much data out there but what's true what's not Mm -hmm. no one knows um and even when it comes to things like um you know planning uh, gatherings or planning things in the future like you know i've um you know speaking of the water trio you know we had a an event sort of scheduled for february it wasn't even officially announced um you know you heard it first, first from me, but um, <laughs> it's, but it's actually not even happening now because the venue said, well, you know, due to everything, we're not holding public events anymore. And, you know, now there's talks of, you know, ESARA sending out surveys about the conference scheduled for Westminster, Colorado in September. And it's like anything kind of long-term is just not. It's up in the air. 
Exactly. Totally. And that's the whole, you know, Venus wanting to connect, but with Neptune, it's like, we want to, but we can't. And can we like, oh, it's, it's, it's almost like we're in this, especially coming out of the energy of last week, we're in this collective Neptune bubble. And, you know, whenever somebody goes through a Neptune transit, for instance, it's just like, be comfortable or accept what, not like knowing what you don't know and you just have to kind of just ride with the waves. And I think everything is just a step-by-step process. And in some ways it's almost like the blind leading the blind because nobody (laughs) actually really knows what, you know, what's going to happen. So that's you interesting. Know, the, you know, Venus in Gemini trying to plan the social logistics of our life is just not happening. So, yeah. Well, oh. Especially with the kind of like authoritative, like, <sighs> standpoint the sun can kind of come from, right? And it's being blotted mm. out by the moon, you know? The, the blind yeah. leading the blind just seems so, you know, uh, apropos. Or the, or the idea that in a, in a what is it, in in the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, you know, <laughs> it, yeah. it just seems like anybody, and that's kind of what we're doing. We're following, uh, we're doing our best to follow the one-eyed man who might not be mm. able to see it all the picture to begin with. And so mm. there is very much the sense that we have to, uh, embrace this stillness, rely on your intuition and how you feel about it more on the gut level. Like you said, like if people tell you, you know, I know they just said bars are going to open up in a couple of weeks too. Um, at least here in, in San Diego, um, in certain event venues and trust me, I love seeing live music. I love going to, you know, like the, those are all great things, but at the end of the day, we have to, you know, kind of get in tune with whether or not we're personally ready for that. Um, but even disease aside, you know, we, of course we have so many, uh, protests and social movements that are going on that were the perfect storm of all, you know, COVID and all this too. So there is just so much up in the air and there's so much pivoting and change and, and push to turn the corner, kind of like what you were saying, um, Mm. that we just want, we're like, just, give us some sort of change. We need change. We can't stay in the stasis for forever, but we still have this period between, especially as the sun ingresses around, you know, June 20th, and then Venus doesn't station until uh, June 24th. Um, And so basically as as we start to push off of this eclipse that, you know, kind of leaves us in the still zone, um, it'll, I think it's going to be very interesting once, you know, June 27th rolls around and June 28th, because we're going to have Mars ingress into Aries, which is going to be a totally different vibe. Um, Mm -hmm. And then a first quarter moon at seven degrees of Libra to then have Jupiter retrograde conjunct Pluto retrograde the following day. So I feel like this first start of this season, as we kind of feel out the eclipse and all the stations, uh, it's it, we're going to start maybe getting some color back into our, or some blood's going to rush back in once we get that that uh, first quarter and Mars and Aries, Jupiter, Pluto. What do you make of all yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I think the Mars in Aries, you know, that initial ingress and perhaps like the first... Uh, week or so, um, you know, while Saturn's still in Aquarius, I think that's going to be, you know, quite lovely in a way, (laughs) um, in the sense that we get that pure dose of Mars in Aries, you know, so that is, you know, the potential there to get a lot done, Mm. um, to really like make those moves that we haven't been able to make 
thus far or, you know, take action towards something or get inspired or motivated, you know, perhaps those plans and projects that various 2020 events have kind of put off. Uh, This could be like, right, you know, the times now strike while the iron's hot again. And so there is, you know, I guess it depends on your natural um, energy mojo. Like for some people, this could be very um, like uh, taking a red flag to a bull and can really help fire you up and get you motivated and moving. But if you're already running quite hot or quite, uh, agitated, you know, this could be adding fuel to fire already. So, or, you know, we could even potentially see, you know, at least from, um, you know, the outside looking in, in terms of American politics right now, there could be that like, you know, still under the strong vibe of the eclipse. I mean, this is like a total solar eclipse on the solstice, like, and a solar eclipse does tend to reverberate a lot longer than the lunar ones. And so, you know, we're just coming off a a total solar eclipse where, you know, wanting to belong, you know, and, you know, the opposite of Capricorn, that's about exclusion and denial. Whereas Cancer's like, no, we give everybody that hug, you know, like, yeah. it's, you know, we, we, we look after, well, we may not hug them, you know, yeah. there's a lot of talk. <laughs> that the air, hug. air hug. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, oh, you know, if I feed you, that's as good as a hug, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, this strong, instinctive, collective urge to nurture and protect everybody. And then that pure dose of Mars in Aries could see potentially a spark in anger or volatility, you know, in that first portion of the ingress. And because it's very pure, you know, it's just like that starting the car engine and the, all, all the cogs turn. But then once that ingress of, you know, Saturn returning to Capricorn, then we may get a little bit of a, you know, they're not squaring exactly by this point in time, but we have that, you know, by this stage we'll have uh, Mercury retrograde in Cancer, Mars in Aries, Saturn in Capricorn. So those were back in that real cardinal, mm-hmm. you know, intensity that has, you know, it's almost like we're at the, th- the third quarter of a football game or at that final <laughs> leg of a marathon, of the Cardinal Marathon, you know, when you're running a 400-metre race, which is the worst, 400 metres, everybody doesn't like that distance. And then you're on the final 100 metres is the hardest, you know, and this is what the second half of 2020 really feels like. We got a taste of, you know, the Aquarius vibe and, you know, some changing energies and now we're kind of back to back in, back in. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, and just an eclipse, just a massive eclipse, just to kind of like, you know, just to make it more exciting. So, um, yeah, it's, the Mars in Aries. What are your thoughts on that, Mel? Well, and I think you're absolutely right that the purity of energy can definitely be, um, uplifting for some because, you know, Mars in Pisces has, is, 
is an interesting Mars, <laughs> as we've found. Um, but there's just something about uh, just independent action that needs to be taken once Mars gets into Aries for our own individual lives, right? Because if we've been yeah. put on hold for quite some time and going with the motions of what the world needs or the collective or all, you know, there's going to be that independent initiative that rises up and everyone to adjust mm. their own lives in, in some way. So I think that will be uh, definitely a factor at play when we're making decisions for what we need to do as individuals, where I yeah. think this whole part of many of these months, and especially COVID land, it's more of a, well, what do, what do we do to be, to help the collective? And so that's, it's going to be an interesting portion of, you know, because Mars is going to be in Aries until, you know, January of 2021. And that's a whole thing is like, we're getting the taste, like we're getting a taste after eclipse of something that is going to take a really long time and have a really long journey through this sign. So we have time to assess that, I suppose. Um, but the, the, the idea of the push too, like you're saying with everything coming back into cardinal energy, uh, especially with a first quarter in Libra and basically this whole, the way it's set up is that this whole, uh, lunar cycle that's pushing off the eclipse, you know, all of our, our hard angles of the moon, you know, first, last quarter in the, the lunar eclipse, you know, these are all in cardinal signs. So all mm. this, you know, leadership pushing forward, turning the page, pivoting in some way, you know, being pushed forward. Um, that's going to be a reality of this uh, whole season. But I think we're really going to feel it as first quarter pushes off in Libra and may, how the justice issue might come back to the forefront too yeah. with what's going on here, especially since it's paired with Jupiter conjunct Pluto. Mercury and, and the sun are making their inferior conjunction. Mercury retrograde is coming back to join the sun. Um, you know, in Cancer, and then Square Chiron at that. If you work with Chiron, I know that they're in Aries too. So there's there's another like little piece of you know kind of picking at uh, maybe you know the the wounds <laughs> of everything we've been through thus far. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think. Mm. So what we're recording this what the sixteenth for me, fifteenth for you, and mm -hmm. so. Um, it was on the weekend here that, um, you know, a coffee shop that I really love uh, opened up for dining for the first time. And um, and anyway, I, Mars had just entered uh, its own terms. So Mars in Pisces, but within the, the terms and bounds of, of Mars. And I think this is a maybe like a little bit of a occupational hazard for astrologers <laughs> or anybody who works from home is that we get very comfortable in our bubble, you know, that cancerian shell, mm. that bubble, right? And um, apart from, you know, personally, apart from me just doing my regular, my regular rounds around town, you know, for me to go somewhere on a Saturday morning or go shopping on a Saturday morning, like that's just not something I would usually do. I met a friend for breakfast and, you know, uh, just everybody felt very aggressive. Mm. And, um, and so your Mars in Pisces had just gone into the terms of Mars. And so um, everyone, you know, whether it was on the road or cyclists, you know, the Lycra army on a Saturday morning getting out for their bike rides and then going into Kmart. I mean, Kmart is huge in Australia you know, I know it's not in the US, but it's a thing here and everyone getting, buying the things that they don't need because they couldn't get them before. And it's like, yeah, everything's open and I want, and I want what I want. Like it just had that vibe to it. And I'm like, 
ooh, is this a taste of what Mars in Aries <laughs> could be like for six months, you know? And um, because, you know, we kind of did, yeah, you know, you really hit the nail on the head earlier, what you said, you know, we kind of spent like the, you know, the second quarter of 2020 doing what was good for the collective and like, so at least from the Australian perspective, um, you know, we, as far as COVID's concerned, we kind of smashed that, you know, that the Southern states got hit a lot harder, but where I am, we, you know, the borders got locked down. We self-contained for the good of everybody. It was so, um, Saturn in Aquarius. And then of course, uh, like protests, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, you know, happened here um, and 30 people marched the streets here and which is fine, but in the middle of a pandemic, like, and so I think what happened is that people were just like every, like every single person has taken on some type of personal sacrifice they lost the job, uh, they had to homeschool their children or couldn't see elderly family members or just anybody, you know. Mm -hmm. So we all got impacted in some various way, shape or form for this collective good. And then people lost their jobs, their businesses, all sorts of things. And then, you know, similar thing happened in the US, but then all of a sudden we can do this. And it's like this feeling like, you know, uh, against the government and people are like, well, we trusted you to do this thing. Now we're just going to do what we want. Mm -hmm. And I just really like, I just really felt that on the weekend with uh, Mars moving into its uh, own terms in Pisces. Um, so that is the degrees between 19 and 27 Pisces. And so, um, yeah, watch this space. It's going to be, you know, if the, so this is a feeling you know, or a vibe. It's like, okay, Mars in Aries, I'm going to do what I want. Saturn coming back to Capricorn, squaring that, like it's going to feel like a, you know, might be segueing a little bit here, but it feels like a, this is going to set up the collective vibe of 2021, those Saturn Uranus squares as well yeah, so I agree. you know it's like uprisings that can lead to oppression or oppression that leads to uprisings and so this is you know I think it's very much the solstice and the eclipse is really priming this territory for us um, and how the next six months are going to look back in this yes. very uh you know cardinal signs you know they don't take anything lying down <laughs> They take no guff. They are yeah, ready to. <laughs> they are ready to fight. They're ready yeah. to take. Well, and that's the whole thing with cardinal signs. Is they're action signs. They push things into you know the next increment of how the how the you know mm. the chapter is to be written, and so that is pretty much what happens here. And. And that's kind of the fascinating thing about this whole period between the Libra first quarter and the lunar eclipse in Capricorn. So basically between June 28th and July 5th, you know, give or take, um, you know, we're going to get that second hit of Jupiter and Pluto meeting in, in a cardinal sign. Um, and number one, you know, Jupiter, when Jupiter and Pluto first met um, in the first conjunction back, uh, what was that, in late February, I want to say, early uh, February? Um, early March, it was when like, was it? 
think it was like April 30. Just kidding. Oh, no, sorry. When did that happen? Hang on. Um, I know. Ephemeris. Ephemeris, where are you? 2020 has just been like, you know, and the hits just keep on coming. And there's so many dates to remember because there's just so much going on. So let me... Yeah, I knew it was like April 5th, April 4th, yeah, yeah. So that was when it first conjoined. Then uh, June 30, I mean, these might be more the Aussie dates, but Mm -hmm. people take. And then, you know, November 13, just as Mars um, stations direct. So, you know, the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction, you know, three times, it's definitely the signature aspect of 2020. So I think that's the the overarching vibe and everything else that kind of happens in 2020 is I think happening with keeping in mind that signature aspect. So yeah, because just pushing us into change, 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 change all over the place. Yeah. And if you think about um Jupiter, you know, the traditional planet of wealth, um, Pluto very much around, you know, wealth is there. And of course, you know, perhaps the abuse or manipulation Mm -hmm. of wealth. And just, you know, the gazillions of dollars that have been moving around since, you know, COVID kind of happened. So, you know, I, I know I think maybe, may, I could be wrong, maybe it was in the state of Texas or possibly Georgia. You know, you even had some uh, senators or governors there dump stocks and buy stocks. Uh, you know, I think back in January uh, when the first uh, I think, you know, China informed uh, the World Health Organization, hey, we've got this uh, this virus. And so there was that kind of uh, abuse of power and trading of money, you know, millionaires and billionaires, you know, um, moving money around. And then, of course, governments, you know, uh, offering various stimulus packages and, and what have you. And so I'm kind of wondering that this Jupiter-Pluto conjunction also happening at 24 degrees. Um, so it's almost like this take back or this, um, you know, what's happening in Australia at least. It's like, oh, you made mistakes in your calculations, yet where is all the money, you know? So there's, mm. I think, and we're starting to get, you know, I've seen headlines but not looked into it at this point in time, but uh, a lot of corruption I think will be exposed around, you know, we always know it happens, but the exposure of it is not always seen. And so I think this Jupiter-Pluto piece will definitely highlight some of that which may also add a little bit of fuel to the fire of the mars ingress Mm -hmm. and yeah so yeah so it does feel like something is going to be uh you know if if maybe we sit in stillness with the the first how many days uh in the first quarter Mm. basically of the eclipse something kind of something's going to come out at that time that is going to energize because i mean and essentially that's when the sun's going to conjunct or the mercury retrograde is going to conjunct the sun and you know we're always going to get some sort of message that's going to come to play at that point so that's going to be paired with that jupiter pluto and if i do recall i want to say because basically we went down into lockdown for um uh, for the virus when uh, Mars uh, conjoined Jupiter and Pluto in Capricorn. And then I think, I believe it was when Jupiter made the first conjunction to Pluto that that's when the stimulus talks came out. And because, you know, a couple of weeks had gone by at that point and they were like, well, we know we're, no one's going to work here. And so we got to make some economic decisions. So it, what you're saying rings very true of like, what does, what 
did those decisions now lead to? Mm. Uh, how, where's all this money going? How does this all work out? You know, especially sun mercury in cancer too. And cancer is a very security oriented sign that is focused on, on, you know, money and, you know, resources like that for the country at least, or, you know, the yeah. people. Um, so it, it, uh, well, you know, what's so interesting about that too, is that there's a surprise element to it too, because the sun and Mercury, when they make their conjunction, they're going to be in a sextile to Uranus and Taurus. So once again, we have another financial factor and maybe an unexpected or surprise element come out, uh, right as Mars actually sextiles Saturn too. So it's almost like right before Mars leaves Pisces and, and Saturn ingresses back into, uh, wait, no, when does Mars, what am I, I'm getting confused. It's the, it's Mercury stationing right now, but let me check, double check that right now. But the whole Uranian element to the sun, Mercury, Kazemi and Jupiter, Pluto together, Hmm. that fits into what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I've kind of got this little period of time, you know, really like earmarked for some, uh, you know, revelations, um, or, you know, potential those Uranian shocks and surprises around, um, money, um, and income. So, um, and it's just the fact that it's happening at the exact same degree as what it did back in March, like late March, April. So, um, and now both of these planets are retrograde. So, um, yeah, I, you know, leakages are happening here in Australia. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we have a very yeah, different way of news gets, get, you know, dished out here in this country. And so, um, you know, I've seen some headlines and I will definitely have to look into it. But, you know, fairly high up politicians have been exposed and, you know, being stood down or what have you, but yeah, I think maybe that could be more to come might give us a little bit of a, uh, an insight to, you know, as we move into this season and what we can expect out of that, Mm. you know, and that's what, you know, eclipses traditionally are associated with is, you know, Kings dying. So, um, leaders of countries or what have you. So we may start to see some like fall from grace, you know, uh, so to speak, in terms of people who have abused uh, wealth and who have abused their power, um, you know, it kind of like, uh, you know, put try to put all that money inside Saturn's rings at the expense of, you know, nurturing the, the people and the care. And, you know, it is the moon in Cancer eclipsing the sun at its highest point. And, you know, the moon, you know, primarily is about those, you know, what we need to survive. And, you know, the fact is uh, on this planet in the year 2020, uh, you need money to order to eat yeah. in order to survive. You know, that is the, the reality of it. Um, very few of us can grow everything that we eat. And so, uh, yeah, this eclipse kind of might be, you know, the sun, oh, sorry, the moon overshadowing the sun and like, yeah, no, you don't get to do that anymore. And, um, you know, a little bit more of potentially the, the power structures that are in place coming down. 
Mm, well, that would definitely uh, play into Jupiter being in its fall position in Capricorn. Uh, you know, mm. you know that's that is there is that that orientation of of a fall to be had. Um, so you know, people stretch limits or where they shouldn't have, or you know, like some underhanded Plutonian deeds uh, that were hidden from you know the sight of the people. Uh, that might uh, be showing its face and. It's to play into because I know one of the talking points that we had at first quarter and you know Mars just ingressing into Aries anyways around this time and maybe people kind of like you know maybe doing a little surge again it's it's interesting so that Mars is going to sextile Saturn I was right about that but at zero degrees of Aries yes, yes so yeah. there's which is fascinating if you think about it because the whole you know Mars and Aries throughout the rest of 2020 is kind is you know it has its hotspot points of squaring Saturn. Well, and of course, Jupiter and Pluto. But it's interesting that this, it's, it's ingress into the Aries point gets some sort of hit with Saturn before mm, yeah. it gets to the tension, right? It, there's, there's, yeah. there's some breadcrumb is going to be revealed at this time, I think, that is going to play into the squares we're going to see. You know, maybe the door exactly. is opened to what we're yeah. going to see as the tension later on in the year, mm-hmm. late August, uh, mid-September, I think, and then January 2021. So, so, you know, get your notepad out, check the... I mean, <laughs> this, this week, you know, the solstice, the eclipse the Mars ingress, the Venus station, it really is um, the prelude to the second half of 2020. So, um, you know, it's almost like, you know, when you go and see a live show and they have to, you know, all the roadies or the crew, they move around all the props or the instruments and things for the performers to come back and and finish their their set or, or their um, their thing, and so this kind of feels like the eclipse stillness is, and planets exchanging light and shadowing the light and shadow, and the stopping and the stationing is very much that that eclipse bardo where all the lights dim down in the theater, so all the stage production can do its thing, and then um, then it'll be kind of like I think you know as you were mentioning that first quarter square in Libra. Mars in Aries, sextile Saturn. It's like, boom, okay, the second show. <laughs> like, we've had our little intermission. It's the second show begins. It's, it's like a costume change. Strap yourselves in. <laughs> it's like a yeah. costume change from behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden you see, and we, we might, we're probably going to see, you know, new characters at play too. Yeah. Uh, just coming out into the forefront. And it, I love that. That's a great analogy. You're always great at analogies, I've, I've noticed. <laughs> Yeah, a few people tell me that, but I yeah. just have these uh, weird insights as That's I go. And then thinking about the eclipse, I'm like, oh, will Trump go back in his bunker, you know? So. <laughs> just as many of us want him to go back in his bunker. Uh, oh. But no, that's not how you run a country. So we will see. And it's so fascinating to think, you know, it's it's easy to stand back and look at it from like an intellectual, you know, observer viewpoint. Um, <laughs> pretend like I'm not <laughs> a part of the society, which I am. But, you know, it, from the from the stand back point of view, uh, you know, the next time Jupiter and Pluto meet is a week after we're supposed to have an election. And this is the defining moments when they start, you know, kind of really solidifying who's going to be the players in that 
mm-hmm. arena. So, you know, that's playing into our political scene big time. And we are going to see a lot of foreshadowing there. Um, but, you know, basically, so then Saturn retrogrades back into Capricorn, like you said, giving us that, that more of that cardinal action on July 1st. And this basically sets us up for that uh, penumbral lunar eclipse at 13 degrees Capricorn on July 5th, which for you know the U.S., this, this eclipse is basically going to happen on our Independence Day. Um, or, you know, basically our Independence Day, our July 4th is going to be... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is going to have an eclipse on the sun in uh on the u.s's sun in cancer so you can bet that there's going to be some some high energy happening here uh at least in this country um just because of that i want to say that the eclipse itself in washington the solar eclipse not the lunar eclipse uh, but the total solar eclipse, even though we're not in the path, uh, Washington has Uranus exactly on the ascendant. So there is, there's another Uranian element. You know, there's some dust getting kicked up in this country for sure. And it's, I think we're going to see it around Independence Day. But, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on this Capricorn lunar eclipse action? Well, it is the final eclipse in a sort of a two-year cycle. So it's really the uh, the wind down and the closing up of things. And I feel like it's, you know, it's a lunar eclipse. So it is kind of like this last cathartic release before moving into the next chapter in many ways. Um, you know, there's this sense of, um, remember like, when the whole nodal shift happened into Cancer and Capricorn and then the beginning of 20, oh, sorry, uh, 2019, everything was kind of like the whole Marie Kondo thing happened and everybody was cleaning up and clearing out. And so I feel like this eclipse could be reverberating a little bit to the Marie Kondo vibe where we do need to perhaps um, clear the decks, you know, physically or emotionally in some capacity mm-hmm. that may kind of like help you return to a former dream or goal, you know, still a Capricorn eclipse. And, you know, I think many of us have been, we've been like, I guess to say thrown a curveball is an understatement as far as 2020 is concerned. And, you know, And while I think there's quite a few people who are a little bit nervous around the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction again, I think like to be honest, it's a energy we're not unfamiliar with. We've Mm. been through it already. And the whole Jupiter-Pluto vibe, you know, it can also help make us aware, like, like tap back into this reservoir of resources that, Back in February, we didn't know that we all had, you know, the ability to sort of survive or to, you know, um, make the most out of the situation, you know, uh, to various extents. So I think this eclipse kind of may spotlight that sort of that Capricornian tenacity on that like will to to see a goal or to return uh, to a former dream that maybe you've lost sight of because of the events of 2020. Um, And, you know, the Jupiter-Pluto piece may kind of go, well, I may not be exactly where I thought I'd be by this stage of 2020, (laughs) but I've still come a long way. You know what I mean? Like, and I think 
for the whole Cancer Capricorn uh, sort of axis that's been in play for the last sort of 18 months or so, you know, Cancer really did get the short end of the stick. You know, the Capricorn vibe just was so overarching. And, you know, I think that this final eclipse happening in Capricorn can kind of help us go, well, I may not necessarily be at that top of the mountain that I thought I would be at the top of by now, but I still come a long way, you know, or I'm at the top of a mountain. If I can get this far on this one, well, I can easily climb the next, you know. So I think there can be, you know, and we've got a lot of cardinal energy at this time. So it it can be quite, um, you know, remind us of our resilience, you know, as well. So I think it's kind of, I, I quite like this eclipse in a way, um, you know, whether your goals for the future are financial or they're emotional, physical, spiritual, what have you, you know, you may also realize that you're a lot richer than you think. Mm. Mm. And that's, hey, sometimes that's all you need to really push to the next piece of the mountain or to climb yourself up even further to get back into place to some extent. Yeah, sometimes like, you know, we can be so goal focused at times that we sort of forget, you know, the journey, as cliche as it is, you know, all the work, you know, goals take work. You know, I was in the gym this morning and I'm in the, I'm in this like really hell hole of a leg program. It's very hard. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And I'm just like, Oh, do I have to do this thing again? I've had to do this exercise like nearly like three times already this week. And I'm like sitting in this machine doing this thing and I'm like, Oh, you know, but it's, it's the process, Mm -hmm. you know, the thing that the times when you feel like quitting is a time that you have to remember what the end point is. And, you know, Jupiter and Pluto, like Jupiter is such a planet of faith and belief and a dream or a goal, you know, faith isn't even faith until it looks like it's not even happening. It's (laughs) It's easy to have faith when, you know, like, the money's coming in and the good times are good. And but you, this is Jupiter in, in fall. So our faith is tested and it's not faith until it looks like it's not going to happen and you still have to believe anyway. And so I think this eclipse is, you know, it's poignant in that way, in my opinion, you know, and it is kind of, you know, it's a, a lunar eclipse. It's got the reflective uh, capacity to it. So I think this would be really helpful for people to really like, reflect on the last sort of 18 months and particularly 2020 has been so big and, you know, you may not necessarily be, you know, I'll digress because I'm a cancer and we always speak in riddles and roundabouts. Um, (laughs) I remember I um, I must have been like 2004, I think, and I was still kind of like fairly early in my astro studies at the time and I got offered this... uh, this job, okay, to sort of set up my own practice in this naturopathic clinic, so doing massage and and what have you and, you know, astrology as well. And I remember going to this meeting with the owner and, you know, I kind of wanted, I wanted to see spreadsheets and I wanted to see marketing plans and what are you doing, you know, if I'm going to like come into this business, I want to have a trajectory. I went in with my total, like, I guess, Capricorn head on and I don't have any planets in Capricorn, but that's how I approached the situation. And, um, 
And anyway, I stayed in that business maybe like two and a half years and it was truly a, you know, if I looked at it in black and white terms, you know, bottom line, <laughs> it was an absolute failure. <laughs> you know, like, it was, you know, the, the people that were running the show, they were more interested in, they weren't, they were there for a hobby, you know, they didn't really have a business mind. Um, you know, I was in my twenties, I was young, I was hungry. These were women in their forties, like at the time, seemed so old and oh, look, here we are. <laughs> no. And, you know, you know they, they had like, you know, rich husbands and, you know, it didn't matter if the, they made money or not, right? Yeah. And I'm sort of young and hungry. And, but when I reflect back on the people that I met and the journey that I went on, you know, if I wrote my memoirs, there's one particular woman in there that was really a life-changing person that I met um, in this thing. And she said to me one time, you know, you came here not for what you wanted, but for what you needed. And I think this eclipse kind of may remind us that we may not be where we want to be, but we may be exactly where we need to be be. for the Mm -hmm. current current time and and sometimes that is a bit of humble pie you know because we we want to achieve the things you know we we attribute success with goal achieving and outcomes and leveling up and the next level and more and more but sometimes you know success is actually not like that and sometimes really pulling back and going within and figuring out the questions or least letting the questions have airtime in your soul and in your mind can actually help you, you know, short circuit the grind and the Capricorn vibe, the 2020 vibe, it has been a grind. And so I think this eclipse is very much, you know, maybe releasing some goals that are no longer important to you and realigning yourself with the ones that really truly do matter with the the Jupiter-Pluto piece. Yes, I absolutely agree. Because I'm like looking at the chart and I'm like, wait a second. I was born on a cancer Capricorn full moon. (laughs) I'm like, I I guess I have something to say about this. Yes, you know, I am going on and on and on. No, I I, I didn't even think about it actually until you were saying what you're saying. And I was like, that resonates. (laughs) I was born with that. And that's that's the truth because here, you know, we had, we started that solar eclipse uh, with the moon in its domicile, right? And here we have the lunar eclipse with the moon in its detriment. So, and, you know, Mm. eclipses can bring things to that completion. And like you had uh, pointed out, out that this is the wrap-up eclipse essentially for all the you know the cancer capricorn eclipse seasons that have really i mean it's they they really have been around since 28 summer of 2018 even before it got in there so there is just something about this whole period of the last two years that is coming to a close and i think you're absolutely right about um you know we might be revisiting or reshifting our goals uh to how they see fit in this moment in time now that we have had all these other things come into play. We've had adversity along the way. um, And, you know, we might have to pull back from certain areas because we know they don't emotionally fit us anymore. They don't emotionally fit where the heart is at this point in time and where you actually want to go moving forward because so so much new evidence is now on the scene. You know, we've had so many 
you know, grand conjunctions taking place. Uh, the world has changed so much. And, you, you know, that, that line sight and that plan and what you are architecting for the future might not fit into how the, the current reality of things fit, you know, look now. Um, and even where your heart is at, because, you know, yeah. cancer, we are heartfelt and we're also intuitive people. So maybe your intuition is telling you, mm, that's not going to work any longer, or mm, mm. that might've been a thing then, but now something inside of me, I can't put my finger on it, but I just know that, uh, that's just not going to pan out or it's not going to pan out right now. Or so to me, there seems like just because of the, the nature of that moon in that, in that detriment position, that there is going to be some sort of release that happens because it just can't, you know, uphold itself in, in that plan, uh, you know, that, that, those specifics don't no longer apply, <laughs> I guess mm. is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's almost like that feeling of like, well, you know, the me of 18 months ago, for instance, sh- thought I should do this. Yeah. Now I'm at the other side of this nodal journey and it's like, yeah, but maybe I don't want to, you know? Yeah. So again, it's like, look to those cancer Capricorn houses um, in your birth chart and, you know, Saturn coming back into Capricorn too, it is sort of, you know, there's this tying up of the loose ends and, you know, maybe reassessing the, the goals and, um, but, you know, the, the goals versus the wants, you know, and, um, mm. and this eclipse can kind of, you know, it's almost like, you know, that final looking back because I think sometimes that can be the challenge for cancer is, you know, letting go of things, particularly this, you know, this is these eclipse vibes are happening with the nodes not in Cancer Capricorn, they're in Gemini Sag. So it might be like in the light of new information coming through, are you willing to shift your beliefs around certain things, you know, or are you going to remain in a state of cognitive dissonance because you don't want to have the change or you looking back on the past too fondly or or whatever the the thing is. And so Mm. I think the idea with this eclipse is very much the, you know, the cathartic release of what's old Capricorn because the North node in Gemini is going, yeah, but there's all this new information that we need to take yeah. in. So that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Especially because I'm mean, Jupiter's conjunct Pluto too, you know? So there's, <laughs> there's just the, what that trajectory looks like for, for growth is, is there's, it's being put through some sort of purification filter. Um, and some things are just not going to make the cut. Um, and, mm. and that's okay. That is totally okay. Because like you said, that Gemini freshness and where all these next eclipses are going to take us, um, there is just new on the horizon. And we have to keep that in mind, uh, yeah. especially as we get through 2020 and get to the next grand conjunction, you know, of, of Jupiter and Saturn. So there, they, that's what makes 2020 so weird is, is this in-between period and then just being yeah. caught between literally the rock and the hard place um, with, a, you know, some sweet moments in there, but it's just, you know, we're in this blender of like reconfiguration and change. So we got to ride it. We got to ride it here. So, (laughs) but that's our last uh, eclipse, right? Uh, For a little bit. So once we get past, you know, July 5th ish, uh, we're, we're going to be moving on. Um, And then not too long after eclipse, uh, basically between the eclipse and last quarter, we have Mercury, who's still retrograde, going to square that Mars now in Aries um, on uh, July 8th, which 
it's very close to my birthday, so it's going to be in my solar return. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I have a total solar eclipse on mine. Oh, well, <laughs> can't wait to see how your year turns out. <laughs> uh, that should be very interesting. Mm. So, well, we have, okay, so here we have Mercury basically retrograde and kicking up some Mars dust. So, you know, it can, whenever those two meet, there's, there's just energized force in the air. There's words flying about. There's just, uh, you want to be extra careful out <laughs> out and about, mm, uh, yeah. you know, when you're driving, what you say, you know, all those types of things around, you know, July 8th, give or take. Um, so, y- yeah, there's, I, and I think we're going to get another hit into the Mars-Aries action at that point too. Yeah. Mercury's like, well, I have a message from Mars and Aries. This is what it has to say. Yeah, and it's the challenge for um, Mercury and Cancer because, you know, traditionally Mercury, sorry, Cancer is one of our mute signs. And so, you know, as we were saying in the pre-chat, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, because do you have Mercury in Cancer or? I have it in Leo. It's in Leo, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the challenge sometimes with Mercury and Cancer is, you know, either saying nothing or saying too much. Mm. And I think with Mars aggravating that, it can be, well, it, you know, are you speaking passive aggressively or are you speaking, you know, from a more direct approach? So, I mean, I think there is that potential there is, you know, it's probably not the best time to uh, initiate a heartfelt conversation about anything yeah, <laughs> or, or make any sort of, you know, decisions around, you know, should I get, should I stay or should I go type scenarios, you know, whether that be a romantic or work scenario. Um, there's a lot of, yeah, but it is a, you know, it is a aspect to be very cautious around all of your mercurial signification. So things to do with obviously, you know, communication and conversation, our logistics and travel and transportation as well. So definitely a day to be a little cautious on the roads as well. So yeah. 100%. Yes. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what goes on there, but just bookmark that on your calendar. Just be a little, little extra caution with, with words and deeds. Um, and then, uh, basically, well, and what's interesting too, is a couple of days after around July 10th, July 11th is when we have been Venus, who's now direct, obviously she's, she's been direct for some time now, but she's going to make her last sextile with Chiron. And I've been tracking this, uh, this movement, uh, the first happened in April. Um, and then the last sextile happened actually like a couple weeks ago prior to this. And there seems to be a lot of relationship and it, developments that are happening that I've noticed, but that might be because I have Venus as my seventh house ruler. So this could be totally biased, <laughs> but yeah. I feel like, I feel like there's been a lot of like healing going on in, in social connections or how we relate to other people. Um, and how we, you know, where we come from, from our own, you know, stand standpoint of that Chiron and Aries uh, versus the, you know, the Venus and Gemini, the words we have to speak, what we have to share, what we have to communicate. Uh, and then Chiron stations at that same time too. So if you follow Chiron, just know that there is, there's something that's going to come out that that's been a story in the works since April uh, that is no, now turning its page and you just got a better, better grip on and a better understanding and, you know, more wisdom around um, because that's what I've found in this transit so far. So I don't know if you even work with that planet, but uh, that's what I've noticed. And that will be around, you know, July 10th and 11th. So take note. 
But that brings us straight to last quarter at 21 degrees of Aries, um, which now that I'm looking, that's right. It's also awful close to old Jupiter and Pluto there. <laughs> A little last quarter uh, T-square action uh, with Jupiter and Pluto um, right as uh, the sun trines Neptune. Mercury stations direct that day on last quarter. And then basically, yeah, the sun is opposing Jupiter and in, in Pluto at that time. So basically July 12th through July 15th, give or take. That seems to be another hot spot of this, this season. It's definitely, you know, the whole cancer season, you know, as one would expect is, you know, cardinal plus. So we're definitely moving from the... Um, you know, the, the fixed energy of, you know, Saturn in Aquarius, um, you know, it is just sort of, yeah, that, you know, Cardinal is, you know, I think about, you know, Cardinal wants to start something. It, it just wants to agitate things. And when a Cardinal person doesn't have the ability to have action and movement or progress. I remember, you know, before I really knew astrology, I always had this, um, you know, one of my sayings in life has always been, I don't care if the wheels are turning slowly, they just cannot stop. Yeah. You know, like, and when it comes to, we have been in a very kind of stuck quarter, um, with quarantine and, you know, life just sort of feeling like it's all been on hold. And I feel like now with this cardinal um, emphasis, you know, the wheels are getting turned again, but I guess the frustration lies in our individual predisposition to how fast we want those wheels to be going. And so mm. for some of us, you know, we're happy baby steps, you know, just little by little. And then there's other um, us are just wanting to pedal to the metal and to go. So I think that will be the frustration, particularly with the, the two eclipses, these quarter lunations. It's, yeah, like, and that's the challenge, you know, is it activity or is it achievement? Hmm. I, it's, that's the, that's such a cardinal plight, right? I don't care if the wheel, as long as the wheels still, it just has to keep moving. It has yeah. to keep moving. Yeah. And we know, you know, when the last quarter with Aries, Aries, first of all, is not patient. There is not, no. there is not patience. There's no patience assigned with Aries that I know of. I'm sure there's some Aries yeah. out there that, you know, given other planets and other considerations, they might have a dose of that in their chart. But for the most part, Aries wants it done yesterday. And so, you know, as we put push towards last quarter uh, and then the sun's, you know, looking at Jupiter from across the way and it's like, where, what? Jupiter wants to move forward, but it's falling back. Pluto's like, but you still, you know, you still have to make these changes. You still have to like go through this, so you know, whole you know, caterpillar regeneration progress to get to the other side of that. And so that just might be the tension of just not moving fast enough. Um, and why the Sun try Neptune is like, well, you know, once again, you just got to go with the flow. You got to acquiesce to the stream, float down the river. You, sometimes you can't just like direct the course of everything. Uh, you yeah. might just have to receive what is um, and then, you know. But I think with Mercury stationing at the same time, even if we can't 
fully move ahead at like lightning speed, there's still an understanding I think that's taking place that at least gives us a bigger picture of where this is all going, even if we have the frustration of not being able to necessarily take the actions at this point in time or, or, you know, like maybe pick the low hanging fruit in this moment to like, like you said, keep the wheel moving, but it's not going to like rock it down the hill into the next, next thing. So it's there, there's progress and understanding but also a tempering that needs to, to take place. Yeah, it's sort of like I get this, you know, this idea in my mind that, you know, it's a cycle of progress rather than perfection mm. um, and just, yeah, the, the compa- you know, the compounding effect of, you know, the wheels just sort of turning and before you know it, you've gone a little bit further in the journey than it may have felt slow, but maybe you got a little bit further than you thought. Yeah, maybe that's the case. You know, like sometimes the perf- oh, that's so. Yes, speaking of Saturn and Virgo, yes, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes perfection. Sometimes perfection isn't the goal; it's just the progress. It's just the fact that you're moving somewhere. And yeah. And yeah. I think, so. you know, the all or nothing mentality or the perfectionist mentality is really contra result. And, mm. you know, um, yeah, I think sometimes with, you know, Neptune in the mix with this, um, it is like, let's just make progress, but it, it, you know, but maybe like be a little bit detached from the outcome. Yeah, give it some room to breathe, basically. Like, yeah, just, for sure. <laughs> just, uh, you know, because that's the thing, and that's the funny thing about perfection is that what we perceive in our mind as perfection is never perfection in the physical form. You know, ideal perfection and mental perfection are just never going to be what it looks like in, in the outer world. And if you can, like, make peace with the difference of what that looks like and, you know, find that Neptunian acceptance to what we're seeing and, like, wait, hey, actually, this is, pro- this is pretty good. At least I'm making progress. At least life is, life is moving. I feel like I'm changing. I feel like I've turned the page, this page we keep talking about, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Uh, and so there, there is a lot of, and that's the thing is the moon is darkening at this point too. You know, we got the last quarter turn and then we kind of get all these sun oppositions as she continues to kind of, you know, wane down and, you know, Jupiter and Pluto are still retrograde too. So a lot of the conclusions or the, you know, kind of conscious hits that we're getting are, are probably going to be very internal in nature too, where we can kind of yeah. rise up and get that bird's eye view of how this is all shifting. Um, and that's just as important because all that is leading us to actually a kind of rare event where we have a second new moon in Cancer at 28 degrees of Cancer, uh, right as the sun is opposite Saturn. So there's something about this second new moon in Cancer that actually uh, kind of pits us against w- what our plan is to begin with and how we see this moving forward. And so I think those oppositions from the sun to Jupiter and Pluto kind of give us the introspective lens to get to what the Saturnian decision is that we get to push off of with that second new moon. Mm, so, yeah. I mean, what do you, two new moons in Cancer, Cats? What, how do we get so Go lucky? Us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it would be nice just to have that Cancer lunation uh, not attached to Eclipse. So that'll be kind of good. Um, and I think, you know, having that second new moon in Cancer, um, 
you know, it'll just, it'll be nice to, you know, for the Cancerians out there or for those who do have planets in Cancer um, to, you know, be not like, I really do enjoy manifesting and all of those kind of the ritual work. So I think it will be nice to be able to get back to, to doing those sort of things. And it kind of, you know, the solstice, um, eclipse kind of is, you know, yes, technically it's a new moon, but it's almost like not a new moon because there's so much else going on. So just be nice to have that kind of pure new moon and have that, uh, you know, the potential of things to be long lasting, you know, the eclipse mm. energy makes things a little bit more disrupting. Um, and I think, you know, uh, you know, this kind of is a, a new moon that is opposing Saturn. So it can be the opportunity perhaps to, reconnect with some of the long-term goals, the long-term plans and things like that. So may be able, a good time to kind of ponder the what if questions, you know, and um, outside of that kind of eclipse bardo and realize those important dreams and maybe like also some emotional reality checks or boundaries may be also required and, you know, starting perhaps a new, um, yeah, you know, a new cycle around emotional boundaries or emotional limits, because, you know, from an energetic and an emotional perspective, this, uh, year has been really draining, you know, yeah. for, for <laughs> so many people. And, you know, also at this time, you know, Mercury, uh, I believe will no longer be in its shadow and um, and Venus will have emerged from hers, so there is a almost this return to clarity or a, you know a, a fresh start around what that wasn't available under the solstice eclipse. Mm, I think that those are very astute points because there is something to be said about finally having Mer you know Mercury direct and, and moving on, Venus direct and moving on, uh, because there's just so much back and forth and reconfiguration that's taken place with all the eclipses and, you know, the last couple months and just 2020 in general. So it does feel like maybe the cardinal hit that we finally get to get that is going to actually put us <laughs> in some sort of forward movement of, you know, of course we have Mars who will eventually go retrograde himself, but not until September 9th, I believe. So we do have this respite of uh, at least personal planets that are, you know, got an agenda and are doing their thing. So I, th I think that we can totally reconnect with that Saturnian, you know, what's what are we going to be committing to? Now, all this other evidence, we've gone through things internally, we've seen how it manifested externally, and now we can make some uh, decisions, basically, because Saturn loves some yeah. decisions. You know, and with the, um, you know, our primary relating planets um, no longer, you know, uh, in, they're still in Cancer Gemini, and they will remain there until um, August, but... Mercury no longer in shadow, Venus no longer in shadow, um, Venus, uh, sorry, you know, Saturn back in Capricorn, a lunation that's not an eclipse. So it can be about, you know, there is a real, you know, Saturn loves clarity and now we've got a little bit more of that to, to get back to. So there's still a little bit of the Venus Neptune vibe lingering there, but for the most part, there is a bit of re a return to clarity and a return to, you know, but from a more emotionally 
resilient place, if you like. Mm. Yeah, because those that will have been tested during mm-hmm. this uh, <laughs> during this cancer time, and you know, hey, we'll come out, we'll come out successful, we'll come out, you know, uh, clearer than we have been thus far. Because if if there's one word that I can think of for you know 2020, thus thus is uncertainty and and the Mm -hmm. lack of clarity. So any, I mean, even what is like the smallest dose of clarity will seem like the crystal clear window, you know, at this point, because (laughs) comparatively for sure, you know, like it'll definitely, you know, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> it was That's like the Windex came out, you know, we could start, we took the, sh- the, all the, the muck off and we were starting to get that, that clearer picture. Exactly. So I, yeah. I like, I like ending a uh, cancer season this way. And especially knowing that even though most of it's going to take place in, uh, you know, Leo, at least that this next lunar cycle, um, we'll still have that cancer flavor that will, you know, and that's actually going to pivot all the new moons going forward, forward to be at the end of signs rather than the beginning, yeah. like they have mm. been. Um, so we'll have yeah. to talk about that next season when with Leo episode, but, um, yeah. yeah. So, all right. Well, you know, if you were to tell, give anybody advice for like the, the whole of cancer season or, you know, what would you, what would you say here? So we've got a solstice, total solstice eclipse and ending the season, well, you know, technically it's Leo season, but, you know, two new moons in Cancer, Mercury retrograde in Cancer. So with that very, you know, (laughs) overloaded Cancer uh, (laughs) vibe being a Cancer, I'm going to do the typical cancer thing and offer uh, some advice that my grandmother gave me who had a cancer moon. Perfect. And when I was growing up, she always used to say to me, Cassie, oh, and I really don't like being called Cassie, but family get away with it. (laughs) She'd say, Cassie, always trust your gut because the mind plays tricks on you. Mm. As a fellow cancer, I stand by that piece of advice. (laughs) 110%. One hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that. That's my uh, my survival tip for uh, cancer season this time. That's perfect. That's perfect because you know the gut and the heart know what the mind does not. That's and, right. You know, it's it, it's so listen to that. Check in with that. Do meditate. You know, being being a mute sign. Do some meditation around this. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what the gut is saying, then that means that you need to quiet down. And get those two ears that we were talking about earlier to be able yeah, yeah. to listen to what yeah. the gut has to say. And sometimes that needs a, a time out. And I think just this first portion of cancer season will give us that opportunity to do that with all the stations and the eclipse and that stillness period that we we're talking about. So uh, definitely take advantage. And this is when you're probably going to be listening to this broadcast anyways. So, yes. you know, start it out, start it out with, with that, um, internal, you know, recognition of what, you know, and don't question, don't question it either. Cause it's easy to doubt what the gut says, or it's easy to doubt, you know, intuitive advice, because like you were bringing up earlier, you know, if you can't see it, you know, how do you know it's there? Or what if, the, if, you know, or like the idea of faith, how you're saying, if, you know, if everything's going good, it's not as easy to have, or it's much more easy to have faith when everything is checking out versus when, you know, it's, it's not. So Yeah, I think that's the challenge, isn't it? You know, we all get our intuitive insights, but the challenge is actually following them. Yeah, right. 
Yeah. Because, you know, how many times have we gone, oh, dang it, I, I knew I shouldn't have done this thing or I knew I, I should have done that. Yeah. How many times have we had that, you know, and I think Mercury and Cancer, it's like, you know, the mind and, you know, Mercury, the mind, Cancer, the gut, and, you know, that is your time to, you know, uh, those are your Mercury retrograde cancer is the archetypical. I told you so, but maybe to yourself, you know, so again, you know, total great tips there, you know, just if in doubt, don't, you know, Mercury is moving backwards. And I always recommend to people, you know, when a planet is retrograde and it's a significant influence, you know, in your chart, it's take your cues from that planet. It's from our perspective, it's not going anywhere. It's going in reverse. So that's really not your time to go forward in the Mercury sphere, right? So you can, but be aware, (laughs) be aware. This could, you know, may not turn out the way you want. So Mm. Mm. it's as simple as that it's as simple as that sometimes mm-hmm. all right well you know i think we covered cancer season pretty well as a it's two a big cancers. one it's a big it's mm-hmm. big and i mean that might actually be what to end on is the fact that it's a big one and to honor that you know because sometimes mm-hmm. we try to move through life so fast especially with all the cardinal planets that we don't honor you know the the magnanimity of change that is really happening uh, for us as individuals and for the world as a collective. So, you know, honor this period, be in it, be immersed, be submerged, you know, because it's, it's important. It's important turning point for 2020 and maybe uh, not even maybe, but bigger cycles of life uh, that, you know, that, we're living because many people I know are like, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. Well, you know, here's one of those, those turning points. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of that, that bigger collective change. So don't, don't let Mars and Aries rush you too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Cassandra. So where can people find you? What do you, what do you got going on? Do you, you know, what, what do you got to share? Oh, well, probably the best pe- place to find me is at my website, which is CassandraTindall.com. And, you know, I have the Instagram and the Facebooks and I'm not very active on Twitter, but you can find me there if that's your preference. Uh, what's going on? Um, actually, next week, speaking of retrograde planets, next week it will be for um, your American listeners, Mel, uh, it'll be Wednesday evening, the 24th. I'm actually holding a webinar about retrograde planets in the birth chart. So um, probably a good time to jump onto that one. So yeah, all of those details are on the website. So it'd be great to, um, to uh, you know, share those insights with you and all the other uh, courses and offerings and things are all on there. So that's the best place to go. Perfect. And of, of course, I always share uh, who, who, whatever guest joins me, I'll do a blog post and share those links so that you can directly get it from my site too, which you can find me at energeticprinciples.com um, and also on Facebook and Instagram at Energetic Principles. Although I have been, I swear, I, social media is less and less attractive uh, to me lately. It's been a really hard to post. Um, and keep that going. But I, I do have some things there, uh, occasionally, maybe not as much as I used to, and maybe I'll have more in the future, but for now, that's where you can find me. Um, and then of course I do my Patreon weekly forecast. So if you want to come over and support that, it starts at $5 per month and I run down a 30 minute audio cast of everything that's going on in the week from my astrological lens, along with tarot cards. And of course our animal ambassador. Um, so you can find that at 
patreon.com backslash energetic principles. Uh, now, if you think people need to know about cancer season and this huge pivot turning point that we've been talking about this whole time, you know, spread the good word, share the podcast with a friend, uh, a roommate, a coworker, you know, whoever you think needs to listen to this. Um, and if you can leave a, a review wherever you hear this, that would help us be seen further as well. So, all right. Well, Cassandra, thank you for joining me again on the podcast during this murky retrograde when we always seem to meet. <laughs> I, I love our tradition, you know, cancer, team cancer loves our tradition. So yeah. it's so great to be here again and connect with you. So thanks so much for having me again. I guess I'll see you at the next Mercury Retrograde. <laughs> count on that. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listen to us chat about cancer season. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.